Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Brown Petri Dish. Today on the podcast, we had Teddy Bruno, good friend of the show. Um, We were supposed to do it at my house, but we were back on Zoom, not because of COVID, but because of the weather. Um, There's a big snowstorm Sunday. Um, The highways were shit, so I didn't want Teddy and Brandon driving out here. They didn't want to drive out here, so we did it over Zoom, and... um, we had some technical difficulties, but we went for an hour and 45 minutes, so I think I got all of those technical difficulties pretty much removed from the podcast, so unless I missed one, I'm not positive. Um, you shouldn't have any problems, but it was a great episode with Teddy. We always just talk a lot about random shit, so I did cut a lot out, um, but you know he's one of our good buddies, so we just shoot the shit and it gets way off topic um and it was a really funny good episode i thought whenever i listened back to it um we talked about the news and all that stuff it's basically back to the normal brown petri dishes so hope you enjoy it we might do something a little crazy later the good news is we're gonna record this weekend with somebody we haven't decided yet Um, but we'll have cameras in the studio now, so that'll be cool. Um, you'll get to see my shitty studio, which I have not hung up any artwork or anything in yet. So it's going to look pretty plain, but, um, I think it'll be good because we'll be able to post some clips on, uh, Instagram and TikTok and all that stuff, which we were starting to do. And then. We started doing episodes in the studio, so we didn't have any video to post of it. Um, So we'll get that going and hopefully get some more listeners by spreading it on uh, Instagram Reels and TikTok and shit. Um, We've been doing pretty well. We've gotten consistent numbers. You guys are loyal, so we do appreciate that. Um, But yeah, that's about all I have to say. Um, Come see all of our shows coming up. Uh, You'll hear about it at the end. Um, and support Cleveland Comedy. Go to those late-night shows we talk about at the end of the podcast. They're going to be a lot of fun. They'll be a lot more fun if there's great audiences there. So come out and support those. David and Brian are trying to do big things in the Cleveland Comedy scene. So help them out and get them a fucking crowd to come out and see those. All right, everybody, have a great night, great week, whatever it is. I don't know. I'm recording this at 11 o'clock at night, so if you don't like me saying have a great night, fuck off. Can I, do you think I can start like selling other people's uh, merchandise because it says Ted on it? <laughs> I don't see why not. Like, let's see, some YouTubers have a kid they named Teddy and they started coming out with all this stuff. So I bought it. Right. And like, I just want to start selling it as merch after my shows. I if like, I, is that if, if really I, illegal? I don't like, know. But if I ever host the show with you on it again, I'm, I'm saying your next comedian's <laughs> name is Teddy Fresh.
<laughs> yeah, that's my rap name. <laughs> Give it up for Teddy bread. Fresh, everybody. <laughs> the newest R and B sensation. <laughs> later, you could be. Yeah, once you once you've got like your sound figured out, years later when you go towards retirement, you want to get real introspective. You'll be Theodore Stale. Ah, uh, Theodore, not so fresh. Mm-hmm. Good job, Brandon. Dude, do you guys listen to? Uh, do either of you guys listen to the Bonfire? Uh huh. So the Bonfire is uh, Dan Soder and Big J Okerson's podcast, and uh, they were talking on I think it was this Thursday's episode about. Um, some comedy special that was like the worst ending they'd ever seen in a comedy special. They're like, we're not going to name who it is, but you guys can probably guess it's one that came out in 2021. And, uh, and then they slipped up and said that it's on HBO max. Well, there's not that many that came out in 2021 on HBO max. And they also said that, that the ending was seven minutes long. Which one was it? And, uh, (laughs) The end of Drew Michaels podcast or in end of Drew Michaels stand up special is seven minutes of him reading a like I don't know like a journal entry type thing on off of his phone and mm-hmm. it's like a super serious thing for seven minutes and then he just says and then he's just like all right thank you good night everybody and walks up like there's no joke for the last the seven fuck? minutes of the special. Like it's the weirdest fucking thing. So and how did he get a special? I, well, <laughs> I've heard he's like he's like super he's like a super funny comic. Um, you just haven't had it proved yet. No, it's just that like like uh, I was talking to Flim Love last night about it because he told me when I told him I was going to watch the special because he was on Mark Marin and he seemed like a cool dude, and uh, and Flim was like I didn't really like his first one, and I didn't watch the first one, but. Um, it seems like, like everybody says that he's a really good comic live. It's just whenever he does his specials, he's like tried to do something different with them, you know, like hmm. trying to be artistic or something. And it just didn't no work room for that. It no just didn't work. Well, you can do like different artistic shit. Like look at, uh, uh, Hassan Minaj or fucking, uh, Hannibal Burris. How they did like the, the interactive shit with, music or slideshows or whatever like you can do when i saw hannibal like burris he called one person a fag and then just rode the whole front row for being probably gay for like 15 minutes <laughs> oh my god i didn't even realize there was an art form there <laughs> impressionist maybe i'm not sure <laughs> dude he's he's one of my favorite comics and he kind of dropped off he just kind of started doing more he started doing more like he got. I think he started getting paid a lot for doing kids animation movies, so he just started doing more and more of that. Like maybe, yeah. I mean, he's he does a lot of voice acting too, right? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, he, he does voice acting for like children's movies and shit. It's pretty crazy. There's a lot of money in that. That's what like Kevin Farley and uh, like T.J. Miller, people like that. That's where they make like most of their money. Actually. Yeah, dude. Fucking uh, look at. I mean, all the way back to fucking Robin Williams. Yeah. Shit, like those, like they used to make a shit ton of money off of that stuff. Robin voice Williams was be... Robin Williams was making a killing in voice acting for those Disney cartoons and shit. I bet he was in a bunch. I want to get that job. That sounds fun. There's like <laughs> yeah. uh, Sean um, was telling me that there was like agents and stuff like that that you went through like different kind of like venues, just like with comedy or acting or anything like that for voice acting. But 
said that it's one of the not so cutthroat ones to like, try to get into. Yeah. Well, dude, you don't have to. Yeah, you don't even have to. You don't even have to like be very talented with it. You just have to like be somewhat famous, and they'll be like, "All right, people know this voice. We're gonna use this voice." Like, you know, like like it's not like uh, uh, some people that are in like Seth Rogen doesn't change up his voice whenever he's doing voice acting. You know, it's Seth Rogen as a fucking turtle or whatever the fuck he's playing. At the time, like it's... He, he made it sound. He made it sound almost so like even if you weren't known or anything like that, like it's easier to try to like at least get your foot in the door for voice acting because yeah, that makes sense. You know, slight changes, especially with like the adult like style cartoons, like American Dad and like F is for Family and stuff like that. Yeah, I, guess. I, don't know. I mean, I would think like if you you get on those things, if you're like really good at voice acting or if you're famous, like those are the two yeah. ways <laughs> to get put right. on those. Like it's I don't know. I want to be like something like the next like cartoon character, like SpongeBob, right? Like then I don't know who that guy was before SpongeBob. SpongeBob was his ticket to fame, and all he did was his little voice. Yeah, I still Everyone. don't. I still don't know who he is. He's dead. Oh, really? Yeah. Right. So that's where it got him. R.I.P. SpongeBob. SpongeBob SquarePants. You got to use his full name. He was killed off by uh, <laughs> like Ren and Stimpy. And <laughs> uh, dude, I just started watching Rick and Morty, and that show's pretty fucking funny. It's, not... it's fucking great. Yeah. I can't believe, I just still can't believe you never watched it up till this point. Yeah, dude. It is pretty impressive. It was, uh, it was past my adult swim days. I didn't. It was kind of past all of it. I think Rick and Morty kind of got thrown at us. And uh, at first, we didn't want any part of it. And then we watched it and said, holy shit, this show's awesome. Yeah, I thought it was a kid's cartoon (laughs) for like the longest time because I'd see a bunch of like 10 year olds and shit wearing Rick and Morty shirts. That's what I thought about uh, Adventure Time. I thought it was a kid's show. (laughs) Yeah. Turns out it's just for people that like psychedelic drugs. Yeah. Yep. There's, you guys uh, have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, I, no, I do. There's, there's, I've seen there's Adventure one that's, Time. There's one that's way crazier than Adventure Time too. Um, God, I can't remember, but it's on. It's a, like a YouTube thing, I think. Um, Is it like an adult or a, like a grown up version of Adventure Time? Maybe that's what it is. I think I know what you're talking. About. I can't remember, but it's like super, like, it, like it's super violent. <laughs> at times like it's oh is it happy tree friends is that what you're talking about happy i do know what that is maybe it's the one with like all the animals and like they all die in horribly gruesome ways <laughs> fantastic <laughs> show i love that stuff but no but that looks fucking hilarious metalocalypse you guys oh that. yeah metalocalypse was dope it's pretty metal it's pretty metal it's one of my favorites uh I decided if I grew a mustache, I'd have to cut bangs in my hair so I would like murder face from that show. <laughs> so like a little Dutch boy haircut with a Magnum PI stash. Gosh, I did. I was like Squizgar. <laughs> Squizgar was my favorite. Yeah. Good old Scandinavian death metal cartoons. Classics. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, dude. Happy Tree Friends is, is number one on the 10 most violent cartoons. Oh yeah, it, it has to be. Like, I don't see anything else beating it. That's deliberately what they set out to do. 
Happy Tree Friends. Oh, I haven't watched that forever. I haven't watched anything like since the pandemic started. So it's been like a, I don't know, I thought it was a year, but someone just told me it's been like two years now that I haven't actually really watched anything. You know? It was also, so, I've been fucking out. Yeah. It was also kind of past my time, but that uh, Super Jail I heard was really funny. Oh, my recommendation. Really? I did not like Super Jail. I was not a fan. Really? Wrong drugs. Not doing the right yep. kind of drugs. Yep. <laughs> That's my problem. Watch. It's sober. You can't do that. That's like watching Mr. Pickles without any booze in your system. Like, you guys know what I'm talking about? Mr. Pickles, the little satanic possessed dog that like fucking kills people. Yeah. <laughs> no, what the fuck? You never. No, you guys. You should check that. I go to two. What happened? Nothing. Something happened. Oh, I, I don't know. You, I thought you were saying something. Oh, you were no. like, "Oh shit, I forgot to record." Mister, <laughs> Mister. No, I'm recording. Mister Pickles, what the fuck is this? Oh, it's it's God's gift to cartoons. I'm gonna have to check. Ironically. <laughs> Uh, go to tune if you go to tunenova.com i think it's still up it might not be up anymore but you can watch like every cartoon ever made really yeah it's worth it oh yeah um i'm asking somebody what was that crazy cartoon you showed me (laughs) (laughs) um no man but uh i don't know what the Louis Anderson dying, we were talking about. That's how we got into this shit, I think. Um, Probably. He, uh, I don't know if I ever really saw much of his stand-up, but I, I know he was really good. I remember seeing him and liking him. Um, but I know him more for his cartoon, which I think was just called Louis, maybe. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But um, um, And his part in Baskets is phenomenal i don't know if you guys watch that um zach galifianakis show on fx uh it's it's uh about zach galifianakis's character is named baskets the clown and he's trying to be like a rodeo clown i have seen that it's weird as fuck yeah and martha kelly plays his like girlfriend type mm-hmm. thing or whatever and then um the story is whenever uh zach galifianakis made it with louis ck and Louis asked him, like, who you want who do you who do you want to play your mother? And he's like, I don't know, it's weird. I just I whenever I think of my mom in the show, I hear Louis Anderson's voice. And Louis C. K. was like, Well, why don't we see if Louis Anderson wants to be your mom? <laughs> and it, he does a great job. Yeah, it's fucking hilarious, dude. Yeah. So I it good. took me a while to even realize like who was that character or that actor was. Like when watching it, I was just like, because I only saw like an episode or a little bit of it, and I was like, man, who the hell is that playing his mom? <laughs> I was like, I, yeah. That he's like, she's a babe. <laughs> yeah, right? I was looking her up on, you know, Mr. Skin and shit. <laughs> uh, I, I like Louis Anderson in Coming to America. That was one of my favorite parts of his. Oh, uh, it was called, it was called Life with Louis. Life with Louis, the uh, cartoon. It was so. I watched it all. The, it, I think it was on Saturday mornings, and I watched it every every fucking episode. But it's hmm. mo- it looks like most of them are on. Some of them are on YouTube, um, or maybe all of them. Um, what would we do without YouTube? But yeah, man, uh, look up some of look up some of uh, Louis Anderson's 
uh, Carson appearances. He was on he was on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson like fucking ten times, I think maybe like. Damn, I didn't realize he was that old. Oh yeah, dude. He was. He was. Uh, his. He's. He was. I. I think he was like ten years older than like Marin and Louie and all those guys. Um, but yeah, his dad was like super old when he had him. Mm-hmm. His dad was born in like 1903. Damn. Or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was his dad Jesus? <laughs> no, his dad. I'm not big on religion. So. <laughs> his dad was a musician. And I think, I think they, I think he had like, like 14 brothers and sisters or something like that. Like Irish family. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His mom um, had his his mom had him when I I, knew, I heard his episodes with Marin recently, but that's how I know all this. But his mom had him when she was forty one years old, and he was, and he was like the third to last kid. <laughs> so like she wasn't even the last one. Yeah, so she was still having babies at like forty five. Dude, that's fucking Damn. nuts. It's yeah, the weakest was... pullout game. <laughs> <laughs> we had we had a family that I went to high school with that had uh, was it thirteen kids. I think they have uh, on on the corner of Second Street and Broad Boulevard in Cuyahoga Falls. There's a marathon that they own, and they have like a sandwich shop, and they have like a they have like a sandwich shop inside of it, and it's called Thirteen Kids Deli or something like that. Like, That's the real marathon. That was actually kids. where Jared ate at was the Thirteen Kids Deli. <laughs> Non-related. Uh, um, yeah. There was a Mormon family in my high that went to my high school. They had, I think, I want to say 15 or 16. And like, I just remember every single grade had one of their kids in it. Like, like, all, like there was <laughs> yeah, like a couple of that's graduates. How, that's how, uh, when I was in high school, I had uh, a year above me, I had one set of twins. And then uh, two years above me was their brother. I had uh a girl in my class and then the class below us there was another set of twins hmm. so th- i mean they had yeah they had like six kids seven kids in the high school at one time like it was that's fucking crazy yeah it was not how do you afford that many kids that's insane to me i mean you could you arm at that point could you imagine how like cool that would be though to be to like have that many people that you go to school with that are your brothers and sisters, <laughs> like no, oh, I think dude. it would be awful. I feel like he like ran the school, like, you know? <laughs> like <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you probably had shitty Christmases though. You all had to share yeah. the same toys. Yeah, and you stuff. each get a half of gifts. The yeah. last kid never gets a new style of clothing because it's all just coming from you know, <laughs> right. a decade later. Yeah, we only or bought one. you one bike, but we bought everybody a pet rock. <laughs> we went out and caught our own pet rocks. What do you mean you don't want to wear the Janko jeans? What are you talking about? <laughs> it's Fubu. Fubu. If your brother liked it. Oh man. Dude, I used to uh my brothers were seven and nine years older than me, and uh I swear my mom used to shrink their clothes on purpose so I would have clothes <laughs> to wear. Because like I had the I had the best shit to wear. When I was when I was a kid, because my mom would always shrink their clothes. That's <laughs> so funny. Dude. Yeah. Were they buying their own clothes at this point? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they probably should have been washing their own clothes. Fuck them. Right. Yeah, I mean, honestly. Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
be buying them, wash them. Um, no, yeah, but when I was a kid. If I uh, if I wanted to have my mom do my laundry, it would like I, I would give it to her and then would not see those clothes for maybe a month. I, I sometimes I'd forget Same. that I had them. It got to a point where I was like, I think she's doing this on purpose. I, I think she just wants me to wash my own damn clothes. I had the same problem. I'd be like, Mom, I literally I put it down here. You were here. You saw me put it here. Where'd it go? She's like, I don't know. Could you imagine being like in your late 20s, early 30s and, and single in like a strict Muslim family? So you like live with your parents until you're married, like that kind of Muslim family. And so you're like 30 years old and fucking... Don't know how to do laundry when you move. Out of your house. Is that is yeah. that what you you've been dealing with, John? Like, <laughs> no, no. I just I is, just uh, is Pete is Pete really your dad? I just was thinking of like reasons why somebody my age wouldn't know how to do laundry. That's the only reason I can uh-huh. think of. That's horrible because then the chick moves in with you and you're, you're yeah. like, all right, how do we she do have- this? And she's like, I don't know. My parents have done it. I we're yeah. fucked she to- <laughs> with everything. <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't, you literally just can't survive just the two of you, grown adults. You just like, so you have to move in one of your mothers. <laughs> uh, how do we turn the stove on? I don't know. <laughs> what the hell is this dial thing? It keeps whistling at me. Jesus. All you have to do is listen to some like trap rap music and they'll teach you how to use the stove. Yeah. I wonder if there's like a YouTube video on how to do laundry. Like there's got to be, but it just seems like something nobody would ever have to search. No, I guarantee you there is. If there's uh, not, I'm going to start making them. Yeah, you'll get a million <laughs> hits in like no time. I'll start making we'll have, TikToks for people that don't know how to do laundry. We'll have like cooking with Scott, chores with John. It'll be great. We'll just yeah. slowly move down the house maintenance. Yeah. And if you, and I'm if about you, to make that show now. Just to rival them. And if you've only seen your parents do laundry, they don't know that. The, the detergent we use now is color safe, so you don't have to separate <laughs> your colors. It's fine. Right. I, oh, thank I, God. I just, I, watched I, everything I, was... on, I just watched everything on cold. Yeah, dude. <laughs> you don't have to fucking... That's the weirdest. My parents still do that. They still separate all their colors, and it's like, what are you doing? That, that's not necessary. It's too much laundry. Yeah. yeah. It's, not, it's not okay. I mean, like, I'm every once always... in a while, I'll bleach the socks, you know, but... <laughs> about it i just get black socks so i don't have to worry about them staining or getting dirty or anything like that just black socks i never match them it's... i throw everything away and just buy new socks yep like like once a month i buy socks a lot i do i do too <laughs> i need to i need to start getting uh you know it was awesome as one of the out of the best subscription service i think that i've ever gotten was the was the me undies because it's like it's like you get a pair, you get a pair, and you throw a pair away, basically, is how I did it. So, like, you never have, like, old underwear with, like, holes you, in them. They should have, like, like a special know, like bag where you send them back, and then they just ship them over to a third world country with all the, like, Cleveland Indians, the World Series championship <laughs> t-shirts. <laughs> they, just, they just get a bunch of fucking, a bunch of fucking boxers with holes in them with skin yeah. marks. <laughs> they're throwing out one pair of holier boxers. <laughs> oh my god! This is what they wear in America. Sounds <laughs> like sweet new underwear. Toss yeah. gets yeah. to Go wherever the hell it ends up, and he's like, "Sweet new underwear." Tosses his old shit. <laughs> like, why are yeah. they? Why are they so brown on the inside? Oh, that's that's a new design. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. 
It's a thing. Antimicrobial surface. Yeah, it's a thing they do in America. It's fine. They watch the Cleveland Indians win the World Series and then they shit their pants. <laughs> it happens a lot, apparently. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's, uh, I, I don't know. That's the subscription shit can get you in trouble if you, <laughs> like, there's, if you have like so many of them, like, or you forget to cancel, like, a lot of shit now that you order online, if you're not ordering from Amazon, a lot of the times it's a subscription service and you don't even know it. Mm-hmm. So you'll just like a month later get another package in the mail and you're like, what the fuck is this? And you open up, you're like, God damn it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know who the best subscription service is for that is fucking Planet Fitness. Because <laughs> yeah. people like, you know, they're out oh, $12. I can go to the gym whenever I want. And then they never go to the gym again. Dude, they- I, I had one from Planet yeah. Fitness whenever I lived in Brimfield. And I literally never stepped foot inside. <laughs> how long did you have it <laughs> like a year i that's I had, awesome because we ended up getting it we ended up getting a treadmill in our basement and and some weights and shit so i like never went to the gym and and i bought the gym membership online so i li- literally never went inside <laughs> of the gym and i had the membership for a year that's least till i go to planet fitness i think that price goes up after a while though right like it starts off at like 10 or 12 bucks and then like out of nowhere it's just like oh yeah we're charging you for the year now by the way and you're like what the know. fuck and i got the black pass or whatever because it's black card or the black card yeah and it's like and i'm like what's the black card they're like oh you get use of our of our sauna and tanning beds and i'm like all right that's worth it and then i fucking <laughs> never went anyways so i paid extra for a membership and then never went so, i didn't like the terminology they're like well we can we can sell you a black card too and i'm like i didn't think you could sell that i thought you had to be like initiated and then yeah like, yeah and they're like, no. i always i just want to die in a planet fitness so i can guarantee i'm going to heaven you know it's a judgment judgment free zone oh, yeah. uh, and i get to go with my black card just it's in case. the worst. It's literally the worst gym. Like it's it's the worst gym because it's a gym where they have like pizza parties and shit. Like and they, bagel days. Yeah, <laughs> dude, bagels. yeah. They're trying yeah. to like get you to keep coming. That's all it is. Yeah. They're like, like, oh, you you lost five pounds, huh? Three pizza. Yeah. Put it. The put ones that the uh, back like on. The, the machines in like the Strongsville one too. They're they're real. You know, positioned kind of weird. Like I would go do like the treadmill for a while and then I would do this like ab machine thing. And the way it worked, when you would sit up, you'd be next to this weird like shoulder press machine. You'd have someone's like chest right in front of your face and it made it really <laughs> awkward. I mean, there were times I, like, I wanted to use the ab machine and I'd be like, hey, miss, is it cool if I use, you know, this machine? Are you all right with that? Hold on, I got to like, check yeah, with my girlfriend real quick if I can use yeah. this machine. <laughs> She's like, yeah, no, it's totally fine, and it's just you're making awkward eye contact and everything. I didn't need it. It, it was not for me, dude. the <laughs> The old nat, the old natatorium in Cog Falls, had a co-ed sauna, which was cool. Mm-hmm. But the weird thing was, is it had a window looking into the weight room, and and directly directly below the window, like if you just went out and looked down a little bit, is the thigh machine facing the window so like it's like you look out the window you look out the window and you just see women like going like this with their thighs the whole time and see, it's that like, seems like something that- and it's like dude somebody did this like somebody this put this purpose. here yeah somebody put this here on purpose and that's fucked up <laughs> but- my favorite is when they put machines like in a row and you only see the first 
person and then the other one might be like the lower back machine you just see someone's head going up and down (laughs) that's the the best (laughs) yeah dude all i have is an elliptical now and i'm fine with just doing cardio for now and uh and i'm gonna start uh taking joe graham's advice and start jumping rope let's dude that's it that is an intense (laughs) workout yeah yeah Yeah. i bought one a long time ago and i never used it I used to do that all the time when I wrestled in like college and they were like big, like on pushing stuff like plyometrics at jumping rope. And I just remember one day thinking, I was like, I'm either going to lose this like pound and a half to make weight or I'm going to fucking die. You know, like one of the two is going to happen either way. It should be a good weekend. Dude, it has not stopped snowing. No, (laughs) I know. Like at all. It is dog shit outside. This is bullshit. Like my neighbor, this- my neighbor is the type. I gotta be quiet because he's he's right outside the window here. But my neighbor is <laughs> just looking in. <laughs> but my neighbor is the type of he's guy uh, he's where- doing thigh work right now outside. <laughs> the but my neighbor is the type of guy where he's like obsessed with like doing his lawn and shit in the summertime. But in the wintertime, like he'll do the driveway like five times in a day, and just I'm in like, case someone stops by. Yeah, dude. And I'm like, dude, just like. Wait until it stops snowing like the rest of us, you fucking overachiever. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, he makes me feel bad for staying inside my house. Being warm. Yeah, because I constantly hear the scraping of his snow shovel. And oh, like, sn- oh, wow. So the guy across the street from me is older than Jesus. And he's just, like, really competitive, or at least he used to be. I'm not really sure. But I'll, sn- I'll be out there. I'll run the snowblower, right? And it's early because I got shit to do. And he'll like see me out of his window and he'll hurry up and run out there and start his snowblower and then he'll snowblow his driveway. <laughs> and then he'll get out a shovel and take it a step further and he'll be like cleaning up the edges and all this shit. And I'll just sit there and wait. And we'll go back and forth like this for a minute. And, and then he's, he'll be standing in his garage and you'll just see like a light covering of snow where it just like snow blew the driveway up. I take my leaf blower and I just walk out <laughs> and start leaf blowing my driveway off. <laughs> you get so pissed off. You should start jumping rope in between your, your right. blowing sessions and just see what he does. Dude, I'm so glad my neighbors uh, over at my house uh, aren't like anal like the ones over by my parents' house. Like it's like seems like it'd be the other way around. <laughs> no they're like they're like uh this neighborhood it's it's uh like the 14th street in between jefferson and phelps in uh Chicago falls and it's like everybody's obsessed with their lawns like they're they're all old there's no like kids that live in this neighborhood anymore and uh and it's just like you will like the one time we had a super bowl we had the super bowl over my house like there was only like six people here and i was saying bye to everybody in the driveway and my neighbor my parents neighbor like looks out the window looks out the window and was like hey can you guys shut up down there it's midnight and i was drunk so i'm like it's super bowl sunday man who gives a shit and and i'm like and and he was like i just appreciate if you kept it down and i was like maybe you shouldn't be so cheap and get some air conditioning and then you won't have to sleep with your window open (laughs) you know like just being a complete dick And dude just slams uh, so his window shut. My next door neighbor, like right next to us, um, her, I guess her son and his wife live next, like in the house next to her. And they moved her into this one. And her bedroom window is right on my driveway. Like our roofs, like the overhanging of our roofs almost like touch. So it turns that little section of driveway into a fucking wind tunnel. 
and it like snow <laughs> piles up right there really high. And every time I got to do the driveway or whatever, it's either like someone's got to leave and be at work by like 6.30 or 7. So it's early in the morning and this bitch hates my guts. Like <laughs> my, I did rip the muffler off the snow blower, So it's really loud. But I, I just make sure I focus all my attention right under her window. And the one time she tried to open her window to yell at me and I just got this like crank to like spin the snow chute. Like either way, I filled her house, <laughs> her bedroom window with snow so bad on accident. <laughs> on accident. Which These are the only days I uh, I really appreciate living in an apartment and not having to do any of that shit. So yeah. far, it's been great. The, the downside, one of, my, one of my neighbors has this kid and I swear to God, this kid does nothing but cry. It is rare to see this kid not crying and screaming. I, I, I think he's hitting the kid. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to tell, but like he could easily get away with it if he's not, because you'll never know the difference. Yeah. Well, I mean, if he's not hitting him, you should definitely start hitting him harder. That's all I'm saying. Like, I don't know what the hell is up with that kid. Toughen him up a little bit. Yeah. Speaking of hitting your children, uh, we'll get into some news about uh, all right. uh, Russia bullying Ukraine. Um, <laughs> um, I got this clip for Brandon um, because it's his news. It's his uh, cougar crush here. Uh, this is from BBC. Well, tensions are rising over a possible invasion of Ukraine as the British government says it's uncovered a plot by Moscow to install a pro-Russian leader in Kiev. The UK named former Ukrainian MP Yevhen Muraev as alleged Russian candidate. Well, Mr. Muraev has dismissed the allegation and responded by saying Ukraine needs new leaders and saying people should stop dividing Ukrainians into pro-Russian and pro-Western camps. Well, meanwhile, Moscow has accused the UK of spreading disinformation. Russia has spent tens of thousands, sent tens of thousands of troops to the Ukrainian border in recent months. And Britain's deputy prime minister says Russia will face severe economic sanctions if it installs a puppet regime in Ukraine. Well, here's our diplomatic correspondent, Paul Adams. American weapons arriving in Ukraine, 90 tons of what Washington calls lethal aid. Others, including Britain, also sending supplies. Hardly enough to defeat an invading Russian army, but the message to Moscow is clear. If you do this, it'll come at a price. But now the Foreign Office says it's seen signs of a Russian plan to install a puppet government in Kiev after an invasion. Washington made similar claims on Thursday. Pro-Russian politicians, they say, in contact with Russian intelligence officers involved in planning an attack. Well, it's totally unacceptable, contrary to international law. The international community as a whole needs to step up to the plate. So one of the things you're seeing is the Foreign Secretary, I think, is doing a, a very good job of this, is uh, making it clear what's at stake so other countries come and support. Uh, the, the reality is... But is that what you're expecting to happen, an invasion? I think there's a very significant risk of it. The Foreign Office says this man, former MP Yevhen Murayev, is being considered as a future leader by the Kremlin. He's denied it. Four others named are thought to be in Moscow. It's not clear what, if any, role they could realistically play. The Foreign Office has released very few details. The Kremlin says it's all propaganda. But Russia's build-up goes on. Fighter jets now flying to locations in Belarus, north of Ukraine. Moscow says they'll be carrying out joint drills. 
But diplomacy also continues. Friday's meeting in Geneva settled nothing, but the US Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, has promised a written reply within days to Russia's expansive demands. Further talks could follow. British ministers are expected to travel to European capitals in the coming days. The Defence Secretary, Ben Wallace, likely to visit Moscow. Downing Street says it plans to ramp up pressure on Russia. Sanctions being discussed among allies, the government says, would pierce the heart of the Russian economy. Paul Adams, BBC News. Dude, I gotta say, I might start watching BBC News because that, it, they make some really ominous shit sound pretty pleasant. You know what I mean? It's, always. <laughs> those accents, man. Like, I can't fear anything when I hear those accents. Like, it. It always makes me feel like whatever I got going on just ain't shit. Like, it's not, not scary at all. Yeah, they're like World War Three could be starting, but they but the way they say it is like, is like, oh, it's fine, guys. It's that or NPR. Also, Bono has a concert coming up next week. <laughs> yeah. like, wow, that's you should start with that one. You should try BBC Al Jazeera. It's pretty good. Good stuff. Is Same exact one? thing. Is that one channel? Like a drink? What's that? Is that like a combined channel they have? Yeah, they have big BBC, Al Jazeera, BBC UK, BBC... Oh, I thought Al Jazeera was like its own news thing. No, BBC Al Jazeera, it's like um, the same non-biased news, but from that part of the world, more or less. So, like, if we're fighting over there, which we normally are, um, it's really funny to watch because you'll see the American news be like, 87 U.S. soldiers were injured in a bombing attack last night. And then BBC Al Jazeera be like, nobody was virtually nobody was injured. Uh, they were firecrackers <laughs> shot by children. <laughs> so fun. Uh, yeah, that's weird. Uh, yeah, it says in January. This is old. I don't know how I didn't know this. In January 2003, the BBC announced that it had signed an agreement with Al Jazeera for sharing facilities and information including news footage so yeah it's pretty it's the same british yeah. like newscaster yeah that's too. weird because they used to al jazeera was like the news in the middle east like it wasn't like so at one point they combined i didn't know that yeah that's where i get all my news from that or uh the taliban either or <laughs> that or the accurate taliban. reporting here i would like to see their news it would be funny oh yeah <laughs> yeah, they just jihadist today. <laughs> we've we've talked we've talked about it plenty of times, but it is super super fucked up what what we did over twenty over twenty years was like gave the Afghan people like a taste of normal life, like Western life, and then just left and had them go. Like there's there's people that were like twenty years old. Who had mm-hmm. never lived under Taliban rule? Who are now living under Taliban rule again? That's fucking crazy. Right. <laughs> like it is, it is nuts. <laughs> but what are you gonna do? Um, I mean, yeah, they're becoming progressive eventually. You know, they're considering letting women go to school. They'll get there eventually, but yeah, you know, not yet. And they're considering not chopping the hands off of somebody who looks at like you know like a porn or something or steals. <laughs> yeah. I'm hungry. I'm going to steal a loaf of bread. Well, now you can't like tie your shoes. So oh, yeah. man, think about that. You get urges in the morning and you got no hands to do anything with. Oh, that's, that's, that's the real, that's the real uh, villain. Yeah. I bet that guy is really good with ladies. <laughs> you guys want to hear Mitch, Mitch McConnell say something racist. This is uh 
Woo! <laughs> this, is, this is from ABC News. Uh, Mitch McConnell got in some trouble this week. But after tonight's Senate vote, Republican Minority Leader Mitch McConnell of Kentucky made these controversial remarks to reporters seemingly making a distinction between black voters and Americans. Well, the concern is misplaced because if you look at the statistics, African-American voters are voting in just as high a percentage as Americans. Tonight, that clip is blowing up on social media. <laughs> Hello, I'm Mark Brown. Get more great oh, ABC7 like content by clicking up. the subscribe. <laughs> how much could you possibly fuck up in, in a press conference? <laughs> I mean, I just, I don't like Mitch McConnell or his tur- turkey neck, you know? Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know how he's still among the living people of, in America. Um, but damn. Yeah, black people vote at the same rate as Americans. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then he, he like, and then he, uh, he apologized for it. He, like, released a statement, but also fucked up in the apology. So then he had to, then he had to make another apology for it. Like, it's. Now, if only Hispanics could keep up with Americans, too. (laughs) We got one more news clip, and then we'll uh, get to your comedian. Um, This is about a Republican member of the Senate. There's a lot of political stuff this week. Sorry, guys. Um, (laughs) Republican member of the Senate who is uh, uh, talking about how good the infrastructure bill is to her constituents. We talk a lot about how we are in unprecedented political times on this show, but some aspects of our current politics are as reliable and as shameless as ever. Here, for example, is a statement from Republican Iowa Congresswoman Ashley Hinson. Quote, this landmark investment will be game changing for Iowans and communities along the Mississippi River. She's talking about an $829 million federal investment from President Biden's bipartisan infrastructure package that passed late last year, an investment that benefits her district. She goes on, that's why I helped lead a bipartisan group of my colleagues in urging the administration to prioritize funding for these essential upgrades. There is just one problem with this statement. Republican Congresswoman Ashley Hinton, you will be shocked to hear, voted against the bipartisan infrastructure package. In fact, she was loudly, proudly against it. This is another one of her press releases a few days after that bill passed in November. It calls the bill the biggest leap towards socialism this nation has ever seen. Quote, it takes the Marxist ideology that once only existed in textbooks and makes it law in the United States. So which one is it, Congresswoman? Is this bill Marxism come to life or a game-changing investment for Iowans? This week, Republican Congresswoman Kay Granger of Texas put out a statement praising a $403 million federal investment in her district, made possible because of the bipartisan infrastructure bill. She called it a great day for Fort Worth and says the investment will make Fort Worth safer and stronger. And she also voted against the bill. In fact, on the day it passed, Granger put out a press release calling it a so-called infrastructure bill that was radical spending on a liberal wish list. Now, these members of Congress aren't the first or only examples of Republicans taking credit for stuff from the bipartisan infrastructure package they voted against. Alabama Congressman Gary Palmer was, in fact, first. He took credit for the chunk of the bill that would benefit his home state the day Biden signed it, literally 10 days after he had just voted against it. And now, as we start to see the projects in the bill go from lines of text to actual broken ground and construction, get ready to see a lot more of this... uh, hypocrisy. And so the next time you see a congressperson taking credit for a big piece of infrastructure near you, 
especially if they're a Republican, it might be wise to just double check how they voted. I'm just saying. That's insane. <laughs> dude, like, <laughs> that is insanity, dude. Like, it's just, I don't know. I don't know, like, how, if it's just the, they think, they think the American people are that stupid and they're correct. I mean, the African-American voters were in on it, too. Don't don't leave them out like Mitch McConnell. But, <laughs> but it's just I, I think like I think like voters in most of these districts that these people are, are um, the Congress people for it, They probably are just like not very informed voters. So they no. you know, I mean, it's I always check to see like who voted on big bills that I wanted passed and shit. Like yep. it's, I it's mean, the easiest way to, to see who you're voting for. That's I, yeah. I love having a, a like a mail in ballot and stuff like that. I mean, those those are fucking awesome because you, you can just search everybody on it and learn their entire past. Dude, it was really nice for like it was really nice for like the judges and shit, because oh, yeah. on the because on the ballots, they don't put what party they're from or like what they're for or against or, you know, like there's. Like judges are the only thing on the ballot that they don't put their party name next to, which is hmm. it's kind of good if you are able to look them up whenever you're voting. Um, yep. But like, because I've usually for like a big election, like like the presidential election, like I'll usually get the I'll usually get the ballot and like and like actually look up everybody that's on my ballot, but like. For like midterms and shit, I just vote for like the senator or congressman that is in my district that's running, you know, like that's the Democrat, because I know that's with the federal government, it's a lot more important just to get numbers. I like to uh, vote with the uh, magic eight ball. Um, <laughs> not like a literal magic eight ball. We don't have to talk about what kind of magic eight ball. <laughs> I believe you. That was Pete for everybody. Yeah, yeah. We believe you. True um, story, folks. True story. <laughs> Dude, I, I uh it's my favorite thing in the in the uh in at the funny stop is when somebody says something negative about themselves and Pete's walking through the back and he's like, I believe you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pete is awesome. I and like how he comes up to the bar and tells everybody to be quiet right after he just yelled at the comic yeah. on stage. Be, be quiet. We have to make a daiquiri. Yeah. Dude, I'm interested. Be quiet. I have to use blender. <laughs> I'm interested to see who's gonna who's gonna who's gonna uh headline the Rubber City Festival this year. That is actually a pretty good question. Yeah. Um I know maybe. I know some of the guys that they're considering, but I'm not gonna say. I'm Okay, so it's kind of funny being like like on the production team now. Um, I don't think I'm gonna really discuss anything, just because I don't know much. Um, but I will say, it sounds like a fun thing to do. Like, yeah, I'm gonna be a part of the team. I'm gonna help put this whole show on. And then after like five hours of watching submission videos, <laughs> yeah. Home, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, somebody <laughs> told me. Somebody told me, and I won't say their name, but somebody told me that uh, Hanhorse said, "Like you can help watch submission videos, um, but it's it's kind of like uh, I forget how I put it." <laughs> and, um, basically, it is it is just like twelve hours of of watching tape, but um, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, you were like, why don't you want to go to the open mic? And I'm like, I live in one now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. He said, uh, I could help rate submission videos, but it's like being a funny stop on a Wednesday night but for 12 hours and you have to pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much exactly like being a funny stop. <laughs> oh, man, dude. Um I try. Like if if somebody new at Funny Stop is there, um, I'll go out. I'll go out into the room and watch them because I go there like one Wednesday a month at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, or like if I haven't seen somebody in a long time and want to see if they're making progress, like I'll go out and watch them for a second. But like I can't sit there and watch everybody, dude. It's it's like. It depends if they have new material or not. Like if if I'm watching them go up there and do like the same shit they do every week, I I can't pay attention to that anymore. I just it's impossible for me. But yeah. I try to be supportive and pay attention because you know I want everyone to be supportive and pay attention when I'm up there and treat others the way you want to be treated and stuff. Well, if you're at open mics with me, get ready to hear the same material for the next fucking three months because I'm working out a new ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just I. I I like literally, I'll just like, I don't know how to explain it. It's almost like a, like a Pez dispenser, right? Like I kick a bunch, I kick like, you know, some jokes out and then they just stay there and they maybe change, maybe they don't. I don't think I ever say the same thing twice anyway. And then, uh, then I just like, I'll add one in or I'll add another one. And I'll just like sprinkle in a little bit and see what happens with it. You know, if there's anything there, maybe I'll try. Yeah. Other than that, I have three three jokes that haven't left my set in like a year and a half so yeah i was real happy with uh my set last night at hatfields i was able to uh throw my new religious joke that i did at 51st jokes in there and it fucking worked and i was happy i I felt so good because i was like (laughs) i uh because i threw it in like in between um i threw it like like uh my fucking uh, uh, motorized cart joke and my dog joke that I usually do back to back. I threw it in between those, and it fucking worked like that, and it, it made me so happy. That's <laughs> a good spot for it. Yeah, it it, it uh, it just it was a really really good set to do ten minutes at a packed house last night. And that place, I've always anytime I've done that place, it's always been super sad because it's been on Thursdays and there's nobody there. And it was crazy to see it with 80 fucking people there. Like, yeah, that place. That's what I think we were talking about that on, uh, was a Friday night. Like that place used to get like full of shit for everything they did there. It made it so much fun, especially for like the roast battles and stuff. Yeah. Like that many people. It was great. It's just, it's just further away from a lot of stuff than, like it's like it's 15 a, minutes from everything basically it's yeah. like my the closest show to me <laughs> to be yeah. honest yeah it's a yeah. little further for me um than like i don't know it might be the same amount of time as like lakewood and shit but well it's actually closer than lakewood is it so yeah because like if i go to lakewood it's yeah like so I'm like ten minutes from LBT, five minutes from Hatfield. <clears throat> yeah, like I pass, I pass like the same route I would take to go to like LBT or something. Like it's probably, I don't know, at least that's yeah, closer for sure. Yeah. Well, we sound like Californians right now talking about 
<laughs> distance in between places yeah. or time right. between try time driving. Uh we'll listen yeah. to uh Teddy's one of Teddy's comedians. Um he told me Mark Norman, Mike Head, or Nick Mullen. Yeah. Yeah. All right. They're all good um, choices. I, I have like. heard of him. I have heard of him. I just haven't listened to him before. Um Isn't but, he the uh, third string quarterback for the Browns. Um, he, so there is, uh, he's also the founder of come town, which is wonderful. Very PC, very polite podcast. that's out there right now. Sounds like, (laughs) yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, yeah. So I just picked Mark Norman because he's the easiest. (laughs) (laughs) Knew he was going. Well, he's the easiest person to find (laughs) clips of. And, uh, I mean, his whole specials on, youtube so yeah, um, i just i just figured we'd listen to a little bit of uh his youtube special out out to lunch um but if you haven't seen his his uh half hour on netflix definitely watch that it's really good but this is uh mark norman from his own youtube page <laughs> but you guys are cool you know a lot of crowds getting sensitive <laughs> it's getting weird out there I got yelled at the show recently. This guy goes, hey, buddy, that's a trigger word. I was like, whoa, I think it's pronounced trigger. <laughs> Easy there, big fella. And look, I, you know, if you get upset or offended, that's cool. I'm not one of those guys. You're allowed to be offended. That's totally cool. But if you are, just shut up. <laughs> You're not a hero. You're just ruining a show. Just be offended. Just let it flow through you. Just feel it, right? Yeah, don't share. We don't care. Just feel. Yeah. We all have thoughts. I might want to sleep with your girlfriend. I just hold it in. I don't say it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just feel it. We're so obsessed with words now. It kind of shows how good we have. We've got to focus on words, you know? Like, in the 70s, it was all about actions. Like, if you want to show you're brave in the 70s, you had to jump over 12 buses on a motorcycle. Now I see a guy make an off-color joke at the office. I'm like, that guy's fucking fearless. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, I don't know. People take things so seriously. I guess they got to show you their personality by yelling at you about stuff that bothers them. I don't know, like... I don't mean any of this stuff. I'm just saying words in a certain order to elicit laughter. People like try to figure me out through my act. It's all jokes. I told an abortion joke recently, and a woman approached me. She was like, hey, that's very insensitive. I've had an abortion. You shouldn't tell jokes like that. I was like, whoa, hey, sorry. I just told a joke. I think what you did was much worse. (laughs) But, you know, either way, I'll see you at home later, honey. And again, all jokes. I love abortions. I paid for two last week. I'm a fan, right? <laughs> you remember? Yeah. It's all jokes. A friend of mine, she works at Planned Parenthood. She loves that joke. And I was like, ah, I might have to get rid of it. People don't like it. She's like, no, no, you got to keep it. I was like, ah, I might get rid of it. She's like, no, no, you got to keep it. I was like, ah, I might get rid of it. She's like, no, no, you got to keep it. I was like, ah, I might get rid of it. I was like, don't tell me to do with my body of work. She's like, every joke's a miracle. <laughs> but I don't want to upset anybody, you know? Oh, jeez. I don't want to upset. That's not my intention, you know. I'm upsetting people on accident now. I was at a Starbucks recently. This guy handed me my coffee. I went, hey, thanks, Chief. This guy goes, ooh. <laughs> don't say Chief. It's offensive to Native Americans. I was like, how is that offensive? He goes, whoa, don't say how. <laughs> Come on. How'd we get here? Weird times. Weird times. Taking words away, you know, I get it. You know, words hurt people, I get it, you know. But here's the thing. We're kind of like a weird word prohibition. Can't say this, can't say that. That's why I feel like every now and then we should all go to a politically incorrect speakeasy. This is where we can all go to say horrible stuff and nobody cares. You got no hate in your heart. You don't want to hurt anybody. But if you can't say it there, give us a place you can, right? 
You go down some creaky stairs, you bang on a big steel door. The guy's like, what's the password? Retarded. Get in here! <laughs> All right. It's like the 90s again. Because yeah? offensive words, they're like alcohol. Sure, you can abuse it. Sure, you can hurt people. If you do it responsibly, it's a good time. Yeah? <laughs> Just don't do it at work. Don't do it around kids. But go home, close the door, take the edge off. Ah, midget. <laughs> say little people. That's like drinking no duels. <laughs> but of course I get it. I just, you know, find it funny. I get it. But here's the problem. We forget that no one's politically correct up here. We're all animals. And we're all trying to, we're all seeing the same thing. We're all thinking the same thing. No one's PC in their brain. That's just a filter you put on when you talk so you seem nice. Like no one sees a hot girl bend over and thinks, look at that independent woman. I like to treat her equally. No, <laughs> 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 ah, we're sick. Men and women. We're gross. But look where it's all gotten us. Doesn't it feel like the whole country's pent up? Feels like everybody's angry right now. We got white supremacists, protests, hate groups. It's weird you're allowed to be hateful in America as long as you're not specific. Isn't that weird? And if you're like, I hate Mexican people, everybody's like, oh my God, what a bigot, prejudice. But if you're like, I hate people, everybody's like, ah, fucking right. <laughs> Isn't that worse? People are angry now, man. I had one of those uh, White Lives Matter rallies go by my house the other day. I freaked out, then I realized, oh, it's just a half marathon. <laughs> The fasting mimicking diet is... Oh, man. Dude. Oh. I wanted to play that because uh, we've all been... We've all been uh, funny stop many, many times for um, headliners who who do the, like, road hacky cancel culture shit. And um, that's what it would sound like if they were a good comedian. That's... What... <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> No, it's it's not not that they're uh, a bad comedian, but I think a lot of those guys are trying to play to their fan base that uh, comes to see them, and they just don't know how to do it in a way that's not going to piss other people off. And Mark Normand is one of the best comedians in the industry and figured out how to do that. I mean, I that's by making it obvious that it's a joke. Yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah. as long as they know you're joking and you're not, it's not hate speech at that point. So. And it's still clever. I mean, the way he wrote it is is clever enough to the point where you're like, okay, that there's some effort behind a joke about something that he may or may not actually feel that way about. But either mm -hmm. way, the effort's what makes it a good joke. Yeah, yeah. it's like um, uh, uh, Shane Gillis does that with his with his YouTube special. Whenever he's talking about him and his dad, and he's like. He's like, he's like, yeah, we don't give a shit about the environment, dude. He's like, we go fishing. We don't even eat the fish. We just, and he like takes the fish off and throws, acts like he's throwing it on the ground and stomping on it. And it's like, it's like, it's obviously a joke, but it's, yeah. just, it's so it's, sarcastic that, you know, <laughs> yeah. right. I, shit. I, don't know. Uh, I like that style. Like Mark Norman's style of jokes is just it's awesome. Like I, I love the shortness, the clean, like it's crispy. You know what I mean? It's just it flows. It's yeah. good. I and I didn't realize I didn't realize how much. Like there's certain things I do where I'm where I I'm emulating comics that I watch, and I didn't realize how much of what I do is Mark Normanish. Like I, he's like a classic comedian though. Yeah, I, mean, I guess. Yeah. You know, but like I have style. a tendency. I have a tendency to to say um after a punchline. Like I don't know. You gotta stop yeah. that. That's that's the Norman thing that I <laughs> that I have to stop yeah. doing. Uh, I just started recently not 
not doing the whole like this is an obvious pause waiting for you to laugh thing or a cue you know what i mean i'll just like stop talking it's kind of like yeah you know i mean and it normally works better i mean people know it's a joke they just don't know if you're gonna start talking again when they're when they're trying to laugh yeah (laughs) that's one thing i've been the last three sets i've done i've been concentrating more on on like slowing down letting the jokes marinate a little bit more you know like it's it's i i think i like I was trying to squeeze my all of my guest sets and all of my tapes that I was trying to get for Funny Stop. I realized it because I did get a good tape from New Year's Eve, and it was whenever I was doing more time, so I wasn't like rushing. Yeah, that's basically like whenever whenever I've been I've been trying to get a good submission tape for like months, and I realized what it was is that I was trying to fit five minutes into I was trying to fit like six minutes into five minutes, and it just I needed to slow down and take a couple jokes out. I've been trying to fit 25 minutes into five minutes for like years. <laughs> yeah. Like every, every time I had the funny stuff, I'm like, bah, 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 bah. like, how many jokes can I squeeze in before someone gets pissed off? Yeah. I mean, I, I like the Louis CK my, uh, uh, idea on folding the sword over and over. Like he talks about where you, you take a 10 minute set and turn it into a fantastic five, but I, I can see how that's double sided too, though, where you might like the sword. You know, yep. Yeah. Well, actually, katana is not double sided. I don't think. I didn't know we were talking about that sword. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the, that's isn't that the only one they fold over? I don't know. I don't know anything about sword making. I thought I'm pretty sure it was a katana specifically he was talking about, but no, I'm yeah. no blacksmith, Brandon. But I'll tell you what. But yeah, my I have no clue. <laughs> my my normal set that I thought was five minutes that I've been doing pretty much any time I got a five minute set at a place that I cared about. Um, I I realized that like I was doing I was doing the vaccine joke that I do and then following it with with uh, the weighted blanket joke and going all the way into my like three part closer. And I realized when I watched my New Year's Eve tape that just the weighted blanket joke and the three-part closer is five minutes. <laughs> and I was squeezing a whole nother, like, minute-and-a-half-long joke in front of that and trying to make it five minutes. And it just – it goes a lot better. Like, yeah, I was still getting laughs. Like, I, I mean, I was still getting big laughs, but it was like I was stepping on them sometimes, yeah. I feel like. Yeah, like trying to squeeze it all in there and miss out on it. Yeah, you don't have to work as hard. <laughs> it's like, amen, brother. <laughs> like you really don't. I was overworking myself on stage for no reason. We're, we're comedians. None of us want to work hard. <laughs> it is. It is work, though. I mean, it is. It, it is. It is like it's. It's like mental work, at least. Like. Yeah, like it's uh, time consuming. It's very time consuming to go to a lot of shows and hang out at the proper places. And uh, there's a lot to it. I I think people don't realize how much there is to it. Yeah, you have to like see people and interact with people. Yep. And like just the over, just generally and overall, like I'm just I don't like people that much. Yeah. Yep. Like I'm I'm not gonna lie. (laughs) (laughs) Message to the audience members: There's maybe three percent of you I can tolerate. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you you have to be a uh, like a multitasking thinker too like you mm-hmm. have to 
you have to be able to you have to be able to tell your jokes and be present in the moment while you're telling your jokes while thinking about how much time you have left and what what you need to close on to do the right amount of time like shit like that like it's you're thinking about time and what joke you're going to do next while you're doing a joke and that's just insane to me because like it seems like such like complicated thought but you just do it instinctively like it's yeah and then you have to like keep your ears open for the crowd member that gasps at the wrong point in time so you can make fun of them for whatever you're talking about yeah yep yeah Yeah. anything that steals your attention away you have to point it out right away because we're being selfish (laughs) sometimes i wonder if all of us would be like a million times better if standard practice with comedy was to have a teleprompter and you just already had everything written out for you you didn't have to remember it I would fail miserably. I can't, <laughs> I, I can't read. So it was first thing first. I'd be out. Dude, reacting to gasp is my favorite. Like it's, yeah. it's like uh, when I, when I do the kitten joke and I say the little girl ran out crying and picked up her dead kitten and you hear somebody, some lady be like, <gasps> and I'm like, I know. It was, <laughs> you, know, like, you think that was bad? Just wait. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking great. Dude. Yeah. We'll talk about talk about uh, what Teddy's doing here in a minute. Um, but I wanted to mention something first that is going on in the uh, Cleveland comedy scene. That's like a pretty big deal, I think. Um, and that is they are doing. We're gonna have a late night show on Saturdays now. That's gonna be like a pop up show at I think four different locations. Um, it's called the Secret Society Comedy Show. It's going to be at 11 o'clock on Saturdays. They'll have like a couple, they'll have like a couple local Cleveland guys, a headliner, and then they'll have maybe some famous headliners drop in from time to time. That's what they're shooting for. Trying to make it like a, like a uh, comedy store or comedy Almost seller. Almost like the type East End used to be. Yeah. So it's, it's just something we haven't had in a while. I think it'd be cool. So people come out and support that. Uh, you can follow it on water, water cooler comedy on Facebook. That's Dave Horning's company. Um, it's going to be cool, man. The first one they got Gabe key coming out for, and that's at uh heart of gold, which I haven't been there yet. I know there's another Neither. show that goes on there as well. Um, I think David Horning's show, and then the second one is on the fourth uh, of February, I believe, or the fifth of February, and that's at Mahal's. So that's cool because that place is awesome. Um, yeah, I'll I'll be in Youngstown. That day. you'll be there too. Yeah, Youngstown. yeah, I'm planning on going afterwards. I mean, it'll probably be like midnight before I get there, but yeah, probably. Yeah, I'm planning on going going there afterwards. I think it's it's just that stuff like that. And uh, um, getting more people to engage with um, social media and shit, I think, is the things that can like actually get Cleveland on the map for our comedy. Yes, yeah, that's really that's really what the society needs is just people to be more engaged with social media. Hey, man, just for it to be a bigger part of our lives. As a as a comic, <laughs> though, it's part of your job. You know, I mean, it's. I know. It, I just it don't like that part. Yeah. Same. <laughs> Teddy's the one that Teddy's the one that like Teddy's like the king of networking, but he's the one that just like gets everybody's phone numbers. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, like, <laughs> like it's like back. He's in like, the dude, I'd love day. to do a set, but you got a you got a pager I can take down. You know, your number <laughs> or something. 
Payphone between the hours of seven and nine p.m. I sh- if a weird homeless man answers, just tell him to come find me. I'll probably be in the alleyway. He's like, don't don't call me after eight, or don't call me before eight. I don't want to use my minutes. Yeah, free nights and weekends only. <laughs> so, what do you got coming up, Teddy? Um, I'm at Dina's on Monday. Dina's Pizza, uh, which is a charity spot that I was given for complaining. Um, <laughs> um, other than that, uh, February 5th, I'm in Youngstown with, uh, Mark Rigdana and, uh, oh, oh, the lovely John Brown as our host. Hell yeah. I can't wait for that. That'll be fun. That is going to be a really fun show. They sold out, uh, this past weekend with, uh, Jeff Blanchard. So that's always fun. Cool. And what, what else Oh yeah, oh my Michigan stuff got canceled because of the snow. And uh, Pete is apparently going to be booking me sometime between now and whenever I die. So <laughs> uh, that's really all I got right now. Cool. Um, I'll, I'll probably pop into various uh, uh, showcases um, within the next two to five weeks. Um, yeah. Randomly unannounced and most likely unneeded. <laughs> uh, other than that and yeah, late yeah very late, very, very late. <laughs> um, i have uh coming up um the 31st of january is my next show that i have booked that's uh the triple threat show at imposters theater and then that saturday i'll be at funny farm with teddy and mark riccadonna um and then the week of uh, the second week in February, I have I'll be doing the one more joke thing at Judd's Tavern, um, and then I'll be featuring funny or at uh, featuring funny stop um, for Matt Fultron. That's oh, yeah. uh, February eleventh and twelfth, and uh, Joe Briggs is hosting those, so should be a good that's time. That's gonna be an awesome show. Yeah, it should be a great time. Uh, you can follow me at John Brown Comedy, Brandon. Oh, yeah, you guys got to check me out. I'll be in uh, Erie on February 5th at the Erie Movie oh, House. Oh, nice. That'll be interesting. It's going to be live streamed, too, so like people can watch it from their living rooms and not have to be there. I did the roast battle there against Jimmy Killius. It was in a cage, and it was awesome. That sounds dope. <laughs> that sounds really fun. Uh, other than that, I got uh, February 18th and 19th. I'll be at uh, Joey's Italian Grill in Madison. Uh, they sold out the Saturday show, so there's only like ten tickets left for the 18th. Uh, 18th, so that's oh, awesome. That'll man. be cool. That show, yeah, I can't wait be, for that show. That show is gonna be awesome. Um, yep. I yeah, think I, I'm closing, if I'm not mistaken. So nice. Uh, yeah, he told me they sold like over a hundred tickets in like sixteen hours. So that's it's yeah, crazy, it's insane. Um, I, Josh Bragg is great at promo- <clears throat> at promoting and producing shows. He really is. He, he puts yeah. together awesome shows, man. Some of the best just, shows I've been on. I just got booked for that same show in June. June oh, yeah, 5th. Buddy. Yeah. I was like, okay, bud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm doing, the April, I'm doing the April one. He's only doing it every other month. So I think that's a good thing, though, because be, there won't be burnout from it. Um, but it's hard I, to get burnout up there, though. But I also wish that, uh, I also wish that Josh would 
produce a show on the months that he's not producing that show because his shows are great and I'd love to do one every month. Like, yeah, oh, hell yeah, man. <laughs> For sure. Brown Petri Dish is created by John Brown and Brandon Petrie. Logo designed by Brian Gallagher. Music by Jared Bailey. Audio version of the podcast is produced and edited by John Brown. Video YouTube version produced and edited by Harrison Poole.